When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back, my friends. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 232 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are seeking to reduce our impulse clothing purchase buys by creating boundaries around what we bring into our closets. It happens all the time, right? We see an item in a targeted ad or perhaps on a mannequin at the store and we want it, we need it, we have to have it. But a lot of times, once we bring that item into our home, into our wardrobes, it remains unworn or at least that happens to me all the darn time. So today, my guest is here to offer up her expertise to help you and me as well understand what looks best on us so that we can confidently pass on all the other stuff that's out there and that's marketed to us. Today, I'm speaking with Jeannie Stith. Jeannie is the founder and CEO of Color Guru, where she matches people with their ideal color palettes for clothing so that they can look better, simplify clothes shopping, and create a coordinated wardrobe. Jeannie, I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you? I'm great, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. I love doing episodes as it relates to wardrobes because, I mean, if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, you can tell that I have zero style. I'm wearing a flannel shirt underneath a wool sweater and I just go with it. Um, and then I upload it to the internet, which is a really interesting choice. So I'm really excited to get all your wisdom today. Tell us who you are and how you found yourself passionate about helping people like me figure out how to dress themselves. <laughs> well, it actually started with helping myself dress myself <laughs> because I just was really struggling um, with my own clothing. I I do have kind of a minimalist lifestyle where I've reduced a lot of the clutter in my home. And what I found was that my closet was like the last frontier that I couldn't seem to get a grasp on. It just was always overflowing with stuff. And most of the stuff I didn't really like. And I couldn't figure out how to purchase things that I would like a year from now, two years from now, you know, like how do I buy clothing that, you know, sort of stands the test of time with me, you know, not just clothing that lasts, because obviously you can buy higher quality clothing that lasts, but how could I buy clothing that I was sure I was going to like down the road? And I kind of knew that buying more wasn't the answer. And so I kind of set out to find an answer. (laughs) 
I've done an episode before on how to dress your body type. And I must say for me, that was life changing. I always thought I had an hourglass shape. I do not. I am a pear. And now that I know that, I really feel like when I'm at the mall or when I'm scrolling through social media and I'm getting all these ads, I can say, nope, that's not going to look good on a pair because I need, let's say, a v-neck. That's just an example. But I've never talked about color before. And so that's really where you come in. And I have to ask right off the bat, you argue that black is not a universal color. And that is mind-blowing to me. Talk to me about that. Everyone can't wear black and look good? No. In fact, most people can't wear black and look good. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. I've had so many people tell me once they've woken up to this fact, they look everywhere and they're like, oh my gosh. So here's the thing about black. It does look great on some people, right? People who have cool undertones, deeper undertones, and look good in clear colors. Because I look at those three things when I look at a color. Is it cool or warm? Is it light or deep? And is it muted or clear? And those are the three things we take into account when we look at someone's coloring and also with matching them with certain colors. The fact is that black on most people is a very heavy color. And especially for people with warm undertones, it can really drain all of the color from their face. And so they can just look when they put it on just, you know, washed out, older, just, you know, um, black looks very blocky and heavy on them. And so there are other things you can wear instead. And once you get to know your colors, I mean, I love what you said about, uh, the body shape, because I, I see that always as the sort of the second step. I always think color should be the first step, simply in terms of getting to know what's going to work in your closet, simply because it is the most efficient way to shop. So when you walk into a store, you can scan the racks for color. You can't scan the racks for a style. You can go into a store and ignore whole racks of clothing, just scanning for your best colors. And then everything you take into the dressing room is one of your best colors. And then you can assess like, is this a shape I like? Is this my style? Okay. So you mentioned cool tones, warm tones, undertones. And so I feel like we need to back up. What on earth (laughs) is a tone? So that's the undertone of your hair, skin, and eye color, which when we do color analysis, that's what we analyze. Um, We take into account hair, skin, and eyes, and we're looking at undertones. So we're not looking at sort of the overt coloring because there are people ask us all the time, like, what if I'm very fair in the winter, but then I get really deeply tan in the summer? Do my colors change? No, because your undertones don't change, right? You just, your undertones deepen, but they don't actually change their basic. And most people who have, um, you know, who are able to deeply tan have some yellow or olive undertones in their skin. And people who have more pinky or peachy undertones tend to be a little more the types that walk out into the sun and burn, which is like me. And then the second thing we take into account is light versus deep. Simply, um, can you handle really deep color or do you look more balanced in lighter color? And then the third thing we take into account is muted versus clear. So uh, a clear color is a color simply that has less other colors mixed in. And then, you know, a muted color has significant color mixed into the color. So if you were mixing paints and, you know, you took sort of a primary blue and mixed some gray into it, you would make a muted color. If you 
remember the color wheel from art class, or maybe you don't remember it from art class, but I'll explain it. The color wheel is a grouping of, of all of the colors that sort of exist. And it's split down the middle. And on one side are cooler colors. And those are traditionally more like the blues, the greens, the purples. And on the other side are warm colors, more like the reds, oranges, and yellows. And so with warm types, um, they do have a higher percentage of, you know, the reds, yeah, oranges, and yellow based colors. It's not just like we give them a ton of red, oranges, and yellows, but they get a lot of the colors where the undertone is warm. Okay. And then the same thing for the cool side, you know, yes, the cool side can wear, um, the blues and the greens, uh, and the purples, but you know, they, they have to be the blues, greens, and purples that have the blue undertone to them. Basically what I like to tell people is it, it doesn't mean that if you're cool, you can only wear cool colors. That's not the case. You can wear some warm colors. For example, a winter is a cool type. They look great in canary yellow, which is the coolest deepest and clearest version of yellow. So that suits them really well, but there aren't really other yellows that suit them really well. So like for a cool type wearing a warm color, there's just usually one or two shades that work really well and the same vice versa. The cools are the winters and the summers. They wear the cool to undertoned colors. And then the warms are the autumns and the springs. Well, I know that your job is helping people identify their colors, but I'm wondering for listeners who want to do this themselves and find out what their undertones are, (laughs) is that something that we can do without the help of a professional? So some people can, and it really depends on it's usually the warm versus cool factor. Some people are very, it's sort of a spectrum, right? So some people have pretty much all warm features, like all warm. Let's give you like a celebrity example, like a Nicole Kidman. She is all warm. She's got really peachy skin tone, like peaches and cream skin tone. She's got um, strawberry blonde hair. And I believe her eyes are hazel, even if they're not. Let's just use that for this because hazel is a warm eye color. So she is like very far on the warm side of the spectrum. And then you have people on the far side of the cool spectrum, like Courtney Cox, the the actress Courtney Cox, who has crystal blue eyes, pale porcelain skin, and black hair. All cool, right? So those types of people who are on the far side of the spectrums can self-identify pretty easy. If they go online, there are some quizzes online where you can take, am I warm or cool, undertoned? The problem is that people in the middle who have some warm aspects and some cooler aspects they can have a very hard time self-identifying just because they're a mix of warm and cool. I'm in fact a mix of warm and cool. I have cool skin tone, but warm hair and cool eyes. Well, you do say that there are three colors that look great on everyone. They're universally flattering, perhaps. What are those colors? Yeah, I'm actually wearing one today, which is periwinkle just happens to be, which is blue with some purple in it. It's a muted blue with some purple in it. Fun fact about periwinkle is that, uh, when Pan Am Airlines was big in the 60s, they actually, their stewardesses all wore periwinkle 
uniforms because they studied what color would look best on all the different skin tones and they came up with periwinkle. Red wine is another color that looks really good on everybody. And the third one is blush, like a blush, sort of like a light, soft, peachy pink. Sort of works on everybody in terms of skin tone, hair and eye color. Uh, You'll see it a lot for bridesmaids dresses and there's a reason because it just looks so, so good on so many different people. What about for the listeners listening who love color? They love bold oranges and tiger print and whatever else. I mean, it sounds to me as though if you know your colors, it can feel pretty constricting. Is that accurate or am I totally off base? I think that there is the occasional person who finds it constricting. But I think for most people, actually, it's very freeing. And the reason for that is that it, well, first of all, we give 35 shades on your color card, which is a lot of shades to choose from, 35 best shades. But, you know, there's a book I read years ago called The Paradox of Choice. It's such a great book. And it's all about like how when everything is a choice, we end up very unhappy with our choices because we're always wondering if there was something better out there. And so to give yourself some intentional boundaries around what you bring in your closet, I find for a lot of people feels very freeing. It's like they know that now a couple of the things they've always loved are indeed their colors. They feel confirmed with that. They feel like, oh yes, okay. Like now I have, yes, those are definitely good for me. And then what they find is there's a whole bunch of shades that they've been ignoring for no good reason. Just, you know, we get in habits of buying certain things, almost like when we go to the grocery store, you know, it's like, it's kind of hard to branch out into new things. We kind of grab the same stuff we've always grabbed. And people do that in stores with color too. They kind of tend to buy the same colors over and over again. And some of it is probably because, you know, those colors genuinely look great on them, but sometimes it's just habit. And so I get emails from people all the time saying, this is really made shopping fun. It's like a treasure hunt for my colors instead of like an experience of wondering if this thing is that I'm buying is really the the right thing for me. Hmm. I like what you said there about the paradox of choice. Uh, We could apply this to anything in life, but just going with the clothes and the closet example. After I recorded my interview with Kim Hancher on silhouettes and body shape and how you should dress your body, uh, it empowered me almost to like boldly say no thank you to that style. I know that's not going to look good on me to that one. And the example I used in this interview, I think I recorded it over a year and a half ago. I'll link to it in the show notes if anybody missed it. But long, open sweaters are, I don't know what they're even called, are the thing. And I love sweaters. Look at I'm wearing one today. And I want that to look good on me, but I am a petite person. (laughs) It gives me no shape. It does not accentuate my waist. And so the long thing I'm trying to say here is that when you know what looks good on you, it's a bazillion times easier to just pass by all the trends and pass by everything that doesn't make us look and feel our best. Is that what you're saying? A hundred percent. In fact, I have a saying that trends are not your friends. Um, Like I say that all the time. I really a hundred percent agree with you. You need to figure out what looks good on you, on you, not the model, not the current trend, not the thing that's currently happening, right? Because those things often don't 
look good on us, don't work for us. And it causes a, a lot of damage, actually. Like, like you said, with the body shape, I was really resistant to sort of in the beginning to sort of identifying myself as a type of body, but I am clearly a, also like you, like a petite pear shaped woman. When I found what looked good on me and stopped trying on those things that didn't, I started to actually love my body for exactly what it was. It brought me a lot of genuine body love. And now I'm like, I don't want any body other than this one. Like I'm really happy with it, you know? And I think that when you have those tools, so I always think of them, the first one is knowing your colors, the second one, knowing your shape. And the third one kind of diving into then your personal style, which is like, how do I want to show up in the world? What really speaks to me aesthetically? And, you know, what do I kind of want to convey to people? Because people do see a certain thing when they see you in clothing, you are presenting a look, whether you like it or not. And I think when you get a handle on those three things, you can totally master your closet and start to bring in things that you like for a long time to come, which is good for your time. It's good for your wallet. And it's also really, really good for the environment to be able to make the right choice the first time. Yes, I so agree. And just going back to, I know a lot of my listeners aspire to have a capsule wardrobe or maybe not a capsule by definition, but smaller and more curated collection of clothes. When you know what looks good on you, you save money, you save environmental resources, you save time, and it just makes sense. So we're going to pause for a break, and then we're going to talk about what exactly, what colors exactly cool people and warm people should be wearing. So we'll get into all that after a quick word from this week's sponsor. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch 
They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we are back with Jeannie Stith, founder and CEO of Color Guru. Jeannie, I want to transition our conversation and talk about, well, what color should be be wearing. And for the purposes of this conversation, let's keep it on the spectrum. So let's do the Nicole Kidman side and the Courtney Cox side, as you mentioned before. So let's start with, I don't know, let's start with Courtney Cox. She is, you said she's cool? She's cool and she's a winter type. So summers and winters are cool types, um, but she's a winter. And so she wears cool, deep, and clear colors best. Okay. So she's a great example of somebody who looks awesome in black. It doesn't weigh her down. She has sort of the color weight to handle black really well. Um, she also wears crisp white really well. That's a, um, you know, again, we're looking at those colors that are cool you know, clear and, and, and deeper. So black, crisp white. Um, she also wears the jewel tone colors really well. So emerald, ruby, you know, sapphire blue, amethyst purple, all the jewel tones. And then she also wears the primary colors really well. Again, the clearest colors that exist, right? Because primary colors have no color mixed into them. If you remember from art class, those are the truest colors, right? So that cherry red, kind of a canary yellow and like a cobalt sort of blue. There are also a couple pastels she can wear really well. Mostly her palette is dominated by uh, deeper colors, really rich colors, very, very saturated and um, all cool based, meaning they have a blue undertone to them, not a warmer, like an orangey or yellow undertone. Okay. And then so on the other side of the spectrum, we have Nicole Kidman. She is warm. She's warm, but she's a spring type, which means she's light, bright, clear, and warm, uh, as opposed to an autumn, which is also warm, but deep and muted. So uh, Nicole Kidman, as a spring type, is going to look best in colors that are warm, undertoned. So like an orangey red, you know, like a um, like a poppy red is considered an orangey red. She looks great in some yellows that are like golden undertoned yellows. Great in uh, some of the shades. Now, she can wear cool shades too. She's just going to wear the warmer shades. Like, for example, teal is a warmer shade of blue than like a cobalt blue. So she'll look great in like a color like teal or any blues that have a little bit of green mixed in is a warmer shade of blue. Not so great in black. I don't recommend black for her. She's one of the people where wearing black, it's really going to sort of drain the color from her face. Um, so, and here's the thing about black is I recommend just keeping it away from your face, right? It doesn't mean you have to throw out all your black pants and, you know, black shoes and black belts and bags and all those other things. I just think up against your face for a spring or a autumn, it's really not going to do you any favors. And the other trick is, you know, 
even, you know, let's say you have a black dress you absolutely love. You can consider wearing a scarf in one of your colors to kind of have your color up against your face. Even a chunky necklace can sometimes really help or some earrings. So the idea, of course, is not to sort of instantly get rid of everything that's not your color. The idea is to kind of work with it in a way that, you know, works for you and make a transition slowly. I really recommend a slow transition if you're uh, after a color analysis. Well, thank you for those tips, scarf, necklace. Uh, That was going to be my next question. What if (laughs) my listeners find out after learning their colors that they have a closet full of the totally wrong colors for them. What do you suggest? Yeah, I will say that doesn't happen a ton, but of course it does happen occasionally. I think most people come into a color analysis knowing three or four of their best colors and they're right about them, right? Because it's things that over the years they've always gotten compliments on or like every time they put it on, they just feel like they look amazing. But the other thing that I tell people is you, you can't rely on compliments completely because sometimes people are just excited to see a bright color. Like if you're wearing a a bright yellow sweater, people are going to comment and they might say, oh, I love that sweater on you. But they might actually just be really excited to see someone wearing a bright yellow sweater because it's pretty unusual, right? It's just uh, a matter of um, then exploring out into your larger palette, which again, for most people feels like, oh, wow, I, I have more colors than I thought I could wear and they all go together. And now I'm sure of sort of what they are. Mm. So it sounds to me like color is one way in which we can create a boundary in our wardrobe. Shape is another one, right? Like shopping for your body shape. And then your personal style comes into play as well. So there's three different ways that we can create boundaries in our closets, but all together, they work magic. They coalesce together. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah, I think that they're magic and together. Um, And I think it's like suddenly when you have a handle on those three things, dressing doesn't become intimidating anymore. It's sort of like a very scientific approach. Like there are these colors that look great on me, so why not wear those all the time? There are these shapes that look great on me, so why not wear those all the time? And I have an idea now of my personal style, what I like. And so Now with those three things, you can really strongly curate what comes into your closet. And, and, you know, the easy way to get started with personal style is just go on Pinterest and just pin things that you love. And I would say if you have a sense of your body shape or like have a sense of your colors already, don't even eliminate things that you don't think would look good on you. Just pin what you love because personal style is really about that aesthetic of what really speaks to you. And then you can sometimes take that and translate it. Like, for example, um, on my Pinterest board, my sort of personal style Pinterest board, I have like long, flowy pants. Now I am super petite. I'm like 5'2". Nothing looks long and flowy on me. But I did find that I could translate that into a high-waisted flowy skirt, which actually looks great on me. And so there are ways you can sort of make those ideas work for, for your body or your colors. But I just think you should go crazy, like just putting stuff on your Pinterest board that are just things that speak to you that you love. Yeah. You mentioned formula. I think before you said a strategy. Like what I love about 
the creating boundaries by using the three pillars approach that we've kind of been discussing today is that you're taking the emotion out of it. You're taking the like the the possibility that you flit around <laughs> with the styles, with the trends. And um, yeah, you're taking you're taking all the unease out of it and you're following the formula that works for you. So I love that. I have to ask you one final question about color. I'm not going to tell you the story behind it. Well, maybe I will, but I'll ask the question first. What are your opinions on the color white? Does it work on a lot of people, a very few amount of people? And I'm talking white, white. Okay, so white, white, bright white looks best on winters. And then uh, on summer types, which are sort of also cool, but the more muted version uh, of cool look way better in... Just to, it's easier if I explain it with black too. So winters look best in black and bright white. Summers look best in charcoal gray and soft white. Okay. And so soft white is simply just, it's not that blinding white. It's like a muted down version of that white. And then with the warmer types, autumns and springs, they tend to look better in like ivories and creams and off whites, something that isn't so stark. Really it's just, it's the shade. And, and for you know, for most colors, it's that way. It's just getting the shade right. And there are endless shades of each color because you add a little, if you were mixing paints and you add a little white, you add a little gray and you've got a different shade, right? Um, So it's just finding the shade that works best for you. And that's what we do really quickly for people. So that's a perfect segue. Tell my listeners what you do and where they can find you and your services if they're interested in learning more. So I'm, uh, my website is yourcolorguru.com. And I'm also very active on Instagram, um, at yourcolorguru. Also, I have a 10% uh, off offer for your listeners. If they use the word, the coupon code sustainable, they can get 10% off any color consultation. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jeannie. This was a very informative conversation. I wish you a very happy holiday season. Thanks so much, Stephanie. It was a pleasure being here. All right, my friends, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jeannie Stith. I have linked to her and her website and this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 232. Now, I should say that after recording this episode, Jeannie so generously and so graciously offered to do a color analysis on me, and I really had no idea what I was. Was I warm? Was I cool? Was I summer? Was I winter? I had no idea. Turns out I am a winter. I'm a twilight winter, which means that I look best in the darkest and deepest shades of blues and purples. I kind of knew about the purples. I've stayed away from blues. But I also learned in my color analysis that I should really steer clear of oranges and browns. Who knew? You'll never see me in oranges and browns again. And so Jeannie, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to help me create color boundaries in my own closet. So listeners, I will see you on Thursday where we are dissecting something. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but it's going to be great. I promise I will see you on Thursday. Have an amazing two days. Reach out if you need me and take care.